When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why does Phil Ranta hate Donnie Darko? We'll find out on the next Gutting the Sacred Cow. Oh, wait, that's now. Hey, everybody, Kevin Goatee here. We're going to find out why third-time guest Phil Ranta decided to try and assassinate Donnie Darko. Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but it gets pretty lengthy and heady. Joining me is my old pal Kevin Israel in the co-host chair, and we're going to find out why Donnie Darko, Donnie Suckos. Ha! Enjoy. I want you to be nice until it's time not to be nice. Kevin Israel, welcome back. Oh, for the love of Christ. Come if on. you don't know this Why, quote, I, don't I, come I really on respect me, you giving me these softballs. I, you've missed so many layups as fans are like, what is wrong with him? <laughs> so I'm moderately confident that you can nail this one. It's Roadhouse, and I'm not even going to say anything else because that is that is one of my top tier movies. You have to say it like Peter Griffin. Roadhouse. Okay. You are right, sir. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been a minute. I know. I took a little week hiatus because why not? Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel sitting back in a favorite chair of mine, the co-host chair, Phil Ransom, making his third appearance. Yes. Phil, I love your uh, your exactly. I loved your opening film, uh, not Miracle on 34th Street. Damn it. What one was it? The Christmas film. Uh, the, the uh, Jimmy Stewart one. What was wonderful one life? Yep, yep, yep. It's yep, a wonderful yep. life. Yeah, uh, the one I hated. You know. Yeah. yeah. What an <laughs> intro. Uh, Phil has chosen a film that is an absolute head scratcher. Why it is so beloved to everybody? I saw it when it came out. I watched it again. I go, all right. You know what? Fresh eyes. Donnie Darko. A two thousand release. Two thousand one. Excuse me. Right after nine eleven. Oh, lots it, of tragedies that year. Yeah, a, a jet engine falling out of the sky didn't really track well with an audience when two planes <laughs> fly in the buildings, right? <laughs> Guess not. $4.5 million budget in 01, $7.5 million gross. 2023 money, $7.8 million budget, $13 million gross. It got its legs on DVD and yeah. midnight showings. IMDb boys is a scale one through 10 with decimal points. My guest, Phil Ranta, I ask you, sir, what do you think Donnie Darko scored? On IMDb, probably high, uh, 8.4. Kevin Israel, 7.3. Seven flats. Ah. <laughs> Lower than I thought. Yeah. Critics, Rotten Tomatoes, one through 100. Kevin Israel. 76. 76, Phil Ranta. I go 82. 
87. Wow, wow. That's, that's interesting. It's cool. I'm not surprised by the critics' high yeah, score. This I guess, is, I guess, yeah. this is their is bailiwick. Fodder. Yeah. This is their bailiwick. Audience, back to you, Phil. One through 100. Audience score. Donnie Darko, go. Oh, geez, like uh, 9.1. 91. Kevin Israel, what say you? See, I feel like it probably started off low and then people have been building it up over the years, but I don't think it's nine. I don't think it's in the nineties. I'm going to say 81. Ooh, someone's got two showcases. Kevin Israel, grab your best buy titty tag and come on down. 80% back strong, back strong. Well done, sir. Look at you. Look at you quotes. You're such a fuck ass. No, that was. That was yeah, right at the top. <laughs> and, and that's all I have for quotes, guys. This film is not quotable unless well, you guys one, have something. Yeah, there was that one where it's like, I'm I'm uh, second guessing your commitment to sparkle motion. Yeah, that's like that. good. That's good. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. That's yeah. good. Uh, I had suck a fuck, which I think was in that same exchange. Yeah. How right. do you um, suck a fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what are feces? Baby mice. <laughs> And um, oh, there <laughs> beer and pussy. That's all I need. Very then, Matthew McConaughey from uh, <laughs> from what? Um, why am I blanking on the name of that film? Uh, Days and confused. Days, Days and confused. confused. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. And what? What's the point of living if you don't have a dick? Right. Take it out of context. They're all great quotes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a film you never hear anybody go to party like. Come on, no. man. You know no. that's right. from. <laughs> Like, oh. Do your Donnie. Do your Donnie. <laughs> hey. Oh, five fun facts. The film only made back 500000 of its $4.5 million budget during its initial theatrical release. It was only when this misunderstood sci-fi featuring Drew Barrymore and Patrick Swayze ran as a midnight movie at the New York City Pioneer Theater for how many months, guys? Take a guess. 15. Uh, I'm going to go over that. I'm going to say 25. 28. Very close, Phil Ranta. We're getting in Rocky Horror Picture territory with this. Jesus. Were people throwing dead mice at the screen? (laughs) And then yelling whore. Number two, Kelly explained that the idea for the odd looking future blobs, by the way, better special effects here than Ghostbusters, Kevin Israel, that he, <laughs> that he sees emerging from people's stomachs was the result of staying up late reportedly while high while watching an episode of episode. What is wrong with these critics? An episode of John Madden's NFL analysis, Monday Night Football. There are no episodes of <laughs> Monday Night Football. Was it written by oh, somebody Jesus. in Pakistan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did Chat GPT write this? <laughs> or did someone who say sports ball on football on Super Bowl Sunday <laughs> thought, thought they were cute? Anyway. I thought they looked like that thing from Leviathan. Wow, that is it. Or, or Abyss. Ab- Abyss. That's what I meant. Not yeah. Leviathan. Abyss. By the yeah. way, Abyss. One of the few James Cameron films that stink. Oof! I never, that. never saw that was it. A rough one. It's Didn't rough. see it until recently. Didn't see it until, and it's bad. Noting the way that Madden freeze framed the action and drew arrows indicating where every player was about to move, Kelly conceived a more supernatural version for the film. So picture this: he's sitting there high, hitting a joint, going, 
I'm gonna have a blob come out of my stomach and boom, speed kills. <laughs> you, know, you know what Madden's doing? That's predestination. They're taking away their free will with that arrow, man. <laughs> That's a good call, John. Third and four for the Giants, thirty-seven. That's my Pat Summerall half drunk. Thank you. <laughs> Number three. This is hilarious. Take a guess. This is my, you know, this is my favorite topic, Kevin. Who turned down the lead oh, role for this film? I will give you a quasi hint. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why he turned it down. <laughs> he had some legitimate concerns about whether he would be able to pass as a 16 year old for the film. And said nay. And I will tell you how much, how old he was at the time. I need to do some quick math. He was, oh my Christ, he was 31. Johnny Depp. Ooh, that's, that's what I was thinking. How about Double V himself, Vince Vaughn? Wow. wow. Yeah, he would not have passed. No, no and, he's like, and he's like eight right? feet tall. That's like seven yeah. years after Swingers. <laughs> no way. No, no it's four years. Swingers was, was 97. Yeah. Okay. Still yeah. too late. Yeah. Oh, very. This would have made Alan Ruck, Ferris Bueller day off look like he had, you know, Jack as Robin Williams, the uh, the kid with infantile <laughs> syndrome. You know what, though? I strangely watched this whole video about like what happened to Vince Vaughn and like his career path. And this movie is a movie he would have done. I could see him wanting to do that he did a lot of these weird indie movies that you wouldn't expect him to be in and then he kept peppering in the comedies which got him big so that's i it doesn't surprise me but that's insane <laughs> although he liked the script the actor known for his appearances in wes anderson films including jason schwartzman including rushmore and the grand budapest hotel had to pull out due to scheduling clashes which opened the door for jake gyllenhaal in the 19, and this is wrong, so if people don't fact check. In the 1987, wrong, 1986 comedy, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, his home was filmed at 4160 Country Club, Country Club Drive, Long Beach, California, just a few streets away, a few streets away from when the jet engine falls in Donnie's bedroom. So the Ferris Bueller house, virtually across the way from the Donnie oh. Darko house. Ooh, that's a think- fun fact. Do you think people drive by and go, oh, Ferris Bueller's house? Oh, Donnie Darko. Is he <laughs> right oh, time a that? bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, bow, bow. Can I say, do you want a gummy bear? They've been in my pocket the entire day. <laughs> the scene, number five, the scene with Donnie and his friends riding bikes is a tribute to E.T. Okay. Right. It's exactly <laughs> what I said is they cut and pasted that. Kids riding bikes is now owned by Spielberg. Like, <laughs> yeah. All I'd right. Be, I'd be more surprised if you said they took it from the film and spray inspired by Rad. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly deliberately included the scene as a reference to Spielberg's film, partially because E.T. is one of his favorite films, and partially that a young Drew Barrymore, Donnie Darko's producer, also starred in Spielberg's film. Ooh, it all connects. Mm. Isn't that laziness at its height? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What a no mind. I mean, like half of this movie is lifted from other movies that were just before it, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> oh, I have no doubt about that. <laughs> Speaking of getting into it, you know the herd's got questions gutter. for you. Fill in, no. ask, ask a gutter. gutter. 
right off the bat, well, of course, my Twitter is just being a little hokey. Rex Crumb at Rex Crumb. The only thing I know about this movie is that there is a guy cosplaying as a mangy bunny. I guess mangy. You spell that mm-hmm. right. Bunny. So with that, who do you take in a bunny fight, Frank or Bugs? Bugs. Oh, Bugs has Come cartoon on. superpowers. That's this insane. Is like- Bugs has magic, but like Toon yeah. Force is one of the most powerful superpowers in the world. Not Bugs even Bugs can take Superman. Yeah, yeah. And also, and Bugs beat the Bugs beat the, the gas house gorillas. One bunny versus a you know nine heathens in a baseball game. What what right. more special? You know, je ne sais quoi. Do you want? And he did it with a smile. <laughs> and he it is it is lore that Bugs Bunny can stop a bullet coming from a gun with his finger. If right. he sticks it in the end, that's pretty. That's power right there. I mean, he outsmarted Yosemite Sam eight minutes at a clip. That's true. At the big Nick J, this was like Inception for the Pepsi generation. Also, mm-hmm. also the cover song made the movie popular. Guess who didn't like the cover song? Wah. At Bango two three three one. How many times have you masturbated in front of your therapist? uh honestly or the joke answer because it's the same zero uh because i i can't get it up when i cry and i can't do therapy it's the only time i can get it up there we go my answer is none none so far today but it also means that i would also have to find a therapist to see to masturbate in front of at lucky this emotionally stable guy showing off sorry (laughs) well adjusted i guess that i'm just repressing everything probably the latter that's there we go that's better nail head let it all out at lucky i'm gonna start crying at lucky fucking (laughs) mcgee i'm a fan and she has a gif of a bunny taking a dump sliding over to scoot over so you can join him on the toilet okay At Bango two three one again, he has predictions. He also has a a a, 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 a more of a missive, not a missive. Why not? This is the kind of movie that everyone wanted to like and wouldn't shut the fuck up about it because it was quote so deep, man. End quote. Caps. It's not. Stop it. Agreed. At Lord Snurts, hmm, haven't seen this since college. Thought it was overrated. Not sure about these predictions. And he also gives predictions. And then he has a question. What animal is your imaginary friend? Donnie gets Frank the bunny. Phil gets. You know, I I, I think that a sloth is my spirit animal because that's what I wish to be someday. I just want to be the stoner of the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. Kevin Israel, my spirit animal, my imaginary animal. Uh, I have two dogs. I don't need an imaginary friend animal. I talk to them plenty. I read somewhere that people who have spirit animals, quote, are and I use this in quotes, racist because that's what American Indians do. So you're racist if you have a spirit animal. To which I say, eat shit to both of you. A, if you have a spirit animal, and B, if you think that's racist. How about that? Let's just, you know. Fuck everybody. Exactly, dummies. At pedestrian, people love this are lame, parentheses like me. People that hate it are lame too, LOL. Sure. Sick position to take. Sure. (laughs) Uh, D- Dave Quist from the Blockbuster Mentality. Is there a lazier story or sorry? Is there a lazier story point than public moralizer against our protagonist <laughs> is an actual pedo? <laughs> it is. A, it is like the like if we want to make this person really hateable, what do they do? 
Yeah. They look at kids. Right, right. The only way to compound that pedophile nature is to make them a closeted Nazi on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go. Which for they the would have worked in end. if he was in more than like two scenes, which right. he right. wasn't. Right. He was put in this movie just to be a pedo. At So Wizard Podcast, how bad do you think that bunny suit smelled? And was Frank the bunny a furry? Uh, I don't think it was sexual. Wasn't he just kind of damned to be a multi-dimensional bunny because that's how he died? Mm-hmm. Why did he put the mask back on? He didn't need to do that after he died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the hole in the eye was pretty sh- shocking enough. Yeah. And can we get an idea on how bad that bunny suit smelled? My my interpretation, it smells like Yucko the Clown's clown suit from the Howard Stern show. Oh, yeah. I dressed up as the cookie monster for Halloween uh, one year, and it was hot out. And two hours later, I had to throw it away. It was Your bad. cookies were a monster. My cookie H was is, monstrous. H is for hydration. <laughs> By the way, f- sidebar. I had side note, not sidebar, side note. One, there's a lot of stories Kevin Israel, as they tell, say one time in Vegas, we we're the <laughs> the next day watching TV, kind of obviously hungover, just laying in bed, waiting to get our asses out of bed and get something to eat on the channel. On the TV was a commercial for like sandals resorts or secrets. What are those like all inclusive places in Jamaica? Why is it funny? Because in the middle of that commercial, they had someone dressed up as the cookie monster dancing on the beaches of Montego Bay, Jamaica, where I looked at my friend going, I'm hallucinating. I just did not see cookie monster (laughs) in a commercial for some all inclusive result that resort that I would never visit dancing in Jamaica is like, no, you are not hallucinating. And we just proceeded to guffaw, literally guffaw (laughs) for five minutes until my abses and the tear ducts were just dry from laughing so hard. And it's still a running joke between my buddy Matt and I. Christ almighty. That is going to close Ask a Gutter, which now opens up. Actually, I'll take it back. I have one more Ask a Gutter at George Newman. Is there an alternate universe in which Maggie Gyllenhaal is attractive? Uh, yeah, it's called The Secretary. Saw it. I hear you. My answer, yeah. only if I transform into Jake Gyllenhaal, then I would find her attractive then. That's a fact. <laughs> I did run into her in the city. She's very tall. Really? Mm-hmm. Six, well, she looks I'm, she looks about as tall as Jake. I don't know how tall he is, but I'm six two and I was walking toward her, I go, Maggie. And she's like, hi. And that was it. She's probably about five eleven. <laughs> if I had to if I had to throw a number on it, five eleven right around there. I don't know if she was wearing heels or not, but tall. But yeah, secretary is an uh, a, a choice to watch. That's gonna mm-hmm. close Ask a Gutter. Phil Ranzo, we don't do plugs in the end because no one listens to the end of podcasts. We do them good now. What are you up to, buddy? How can we help you and where can people see you and hear you? Oh, gee, I'm, I'm the CEO of a company called Spree. Go to Spree.shop. It's shoppable health and wellness video. It has nothing to do with comedy or movies, but I like it. Uh, or you can find me on all socials at Phil Ranta. These days I'm posting on LinkedIn mostly. I'm 41 and I haven't <laughs> done stand up in 12 years. I'm posting on LinkedIn. That sounds like a, just like an admission to giving up. It is. That's <laughs> this game over for me. I'm a like dad I, of two. I gave I, up. I really those, found my audience on all LinkedIn. Those, all those marketing people I read, they go, you're really all missing out by not posting on LinkedIn. They go, you know, they all said the same about missing the Titanic too, but a lot of people were there. Those lives were saved <laughs> that day. I just, I tried doing, I did do it. And then I go, ah, nothing's happening out of this. So yeah, pass. You're the digital marketing guy. Is this a faux pas? 
That, I, it depends on your industry. If you're a comedian, probably not. You're good to stick to Twitter or whatever. If you're in digital marketing and it's a digital platform, sure, you know, you get the right people. Right. You might you might as well start taking out ad space on Indeed then for looking for uh, for gigs. Oh, one could dream. <laughs> the CPMs are so high. <laughs> Kevin Israel, what are you up to besides uh, changing split pea soup colored diapers these days? uh with these days i'm mostly posting on next door neighbors i uh i just i just i just post <laughs> to hear from my neighbors bitching about now um you're the karen going uh <laughs> 3507 hillcrest drive you know what burning your leaves in your background fire hazard <laughs> hey you know what how about you take your garbage cans in more than less than two days after the garbage is collected uh <laughs> So KevinIsrael.com for upcoming dates. Um, I have some some stuff coming up till the end of the year. And then my calendar starting to slowly trickle in for 2024, which I sounds like the future when we should be driving flying cars. Isn't it nuts, especially when you rewatch Demolition Man? They're like 1997 or even better when Skynet, <laughs> Skynet happens in 1997. I'm like, oh, my oh. God. <laughs> but the real one is Back to the Future, too, like 2015 flying cars and all that hoverboard mm-hmm. stuff. We are eight year, nine years about to be removed from that. Yeah. Prediction. Wowzer. And what do Still we all no have? Hoverboards. Nope. But we have porn on our phones. So that's yeah. kind of cool. I'll take it. The fair yeah. trade. Yeah. Way better than hoverboards. <laughs> yeah. They'll probably, if they did have hoverboards, they'd probably blow up like all those e-bikes. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's just a, that's just a suicide vest for six-year-old kids. That's what I call it. <laughs> Gutting the sacred cow. Oh, stop it. Gutting the sacred cow.com. <laughs> Gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com. If you want to advertise with us and leave us that five star rating, two or three sentence review. And of course, fantasy football jibber jabber. I am 160, 104 this year. It's 62%. I am making so much stupid money. I bought another Brightling with free money, guys. It's great. Got it. Sorry, fantasy football jibber jabber on YouTube and all of podcast platforms imaginable. If you want to need fantasy football advice as well as NFL betting, God, I'm excited to hear this takedown or attempt. We'll see. Kevin Israel, let's see if our pal Phil Ranta can indeed gut gut the, the sacred cow. cow. That was nice. Oh, man. That was nice. I enjoyed that. Well, yeah. let me tell you, you, you say in the email, I'm going to uh, let people into a little bit of behind the scenes. In the email you send to me, you say, get five to ten bullet points out just to like have something to talk about. I was about four pages into my Word doc, and I'm like, <laughs> I have to go to bed. It's 2 a.m., and I can't write another thing that I hate about this movie. You guys made me rewatch this and the director's cut. With Richard Kelly commentary on. Oh, you watched the director's cut? See, I did not make you. You chose this film, as they say in Spanish, mentirosa, mentirosa, liar, liar. You watched the director's cut? Oof, boy. Well, there's a reason why I'm a LinkedIn poster. I like to do (laughs) meticulous work. (laughs) You know, I've got to talk a little bit about my history and then the history of cinema and then the history of Richard Kelly in order to fully contextualize this before we even get to scene one. So history (laughs) of film, Pulp Fiction comes out in 1994. Everyone goes, independent cinema's back. And guess what? It's not linear. It's about characters doing cool things. It's about slow-mo ocean music and it's about like clerks and doing little comedy side things and it's gonna be great 
And then a Gen Z 23-year-old said, I can write that and ruin cinema forever. And that was Richard <laughs> Kelly with Donnie Darko. A thing you need to realize about me, I joined uh, University of Michigan in 2000. I started taking film class at that point. That was my focus. So I was, uh, my sophomore year was when this came out. And every kid that had emo hair like this over one eye decided that they wanted to do nothing but write and shoot versions of Donnie Darko. So I've seen probably 40 short films and read probably 12 screenplays that were just Donnie Darko with people approximately the same age writing it. I'm going to assume I'm going I'm, I'm to assume the rest of these the, the, your, your 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 fellow students in that class all looked like the weird artist kid from Wedding Crashers. Yes, exactly. A <laughs> it's little a gift. Too- Yes, just a he's little... a homo. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they were also saying stuff like that because the Me Too movement hadn't happened and we weren't OK with gay marriage yet. Oh, oh the good old days. <laughs> uh, and then a little bit about Richard Kelly. As I said, he was 23 years old, 23 years old when he wrote this movie, 25 when it came out. And in the director's cut. He said many, 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 many times in his uh, director's commentary that Donnie Darko was based on him. So I just wanted to set the table of these three things happening in my life that made this particularly great. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's get into the movies. This movie is about a guy named Donnie Darko. Uh, This is years before the MCU started, but so much of it is like the MCU. He traverses multiverses. There's time travel in it. Um, there's even a part in the movie where they say, Donnie Darko, is that a superhero name? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, it might be a superhero. How do you not know? So he'd like if Spider-Man was bit by a radioactive sullentine and then you're thinking, <laughs> uh, I'm a time trail. Like, that's Donnie Darko. That's all you need to know about him. There's no growth or anything in this movie. He is Holden Caulfield, who uh, listened to The Cure in the 80s too much. Um, based in 88. We know that because they show George W. Bush and Dukakis, and they make vague references in, in between that have nothing to do with anything. So another running <laughs> theme for this movie is just doing things that have nothing to do with anything except for setting like tone and time. And it was mostly because this movie's like a 20-minute movie that they just had to like into like a two-hour abomination. So mm. film opens with Donnie. Donnie is being an asshole to his family, who's actually shockingly nice to him. They're yeah. like, oh, he's off his pills, but we're still joking around. He's like, fuck you, man. Not, remember, Richard Kelly was like, this is me. I wrote myself. hundred <laughs> percent. That's all, like every scene with Donnie Darko and his family at the very beginning of it is just like, fucking goddammit, talking to me. Nobody understands me. And they're like, do you like your lasagna, dear? I feel terrible for the family. Luckily, though, they have a saves the cat moment for Donnie very early in the movie because you have to establish that you like this person who's off (laughs) his pills. And that's when his two best friends who are in this movie quite a bit. um, There's this like kind of overweight, like Asian girl, and they do like a total racist thing to her. And he goes, yeah, cut it out, guys. And then he just keeps hanging out with them. See, he's a hero. He's a hero because he's like... (laughs) Be, yeah, be, be honest, be honest, be honest. She yeah. sure as shit did not look Asian to me. I go, what? They're it was a little her, weird. They call yeah. I I I so first I go, all right, Hispanic girl, and they call her the yeah. C word for an Asian. I go, no. Yeah, I thought Pacific no. Islander maybe. Yeah, but I had the same I'd buy reaction. That I'd buy that yeah. too. Yeah, but not not that you know slur appropriate. But okay. Totally. So after that, we uh, we have heard multiple times, I think like three times, Donnie's off his pills. That's why he's crazy. Donnie's off his pills. He's not sleeping tonight. He's sleepwalking. He's off his pills. 
what proceeds to happen in the next 12 minutes? There are three different shots of him taking pills. <laughs> there is like big first draft energy here of like, ha, ah, let's see. He's on pills because I got to establish he's crazy. Uh, but the family needs to have an urgent mad. Ah, he's off his pills. Then they just forgot to delete those. Maybe it's like throwing the surreal life or assumption. Just felt like first drafty to me. I didn't care for that. Oh, I got to go back to the, because I won't talk about the Asian girl ever again um, until this moment, which is later in the movie. Remember, this kid is is Richard Kelly by his admission. When we see her later in the film, she's just hanging out in the hall and he like mm-hmm. grabs her by the face and goes, it gets better. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, life, life gets better. And she's like, fuck you and runs away because that's a lot to hear from somebody your own age who doesn't know it gets better, but a 23 year old writing this might know that it gets better. But again, he forgot that this is like supposed to be a teen and just was like, Oh, this is an adult person. Cause he does he like no consistency in terms of tone. Um, so big inciting incident moment. So they've established Donnie Darko, uh, sleepwalks at night. So doing his regular thing, sleepwalking at night, bam, whole house shakes. What the fuck is going on? Plane engine falls into his bed. Um, he survives. He wakes up on a golf course, and they're like, "Isn't that Darko's kid?" <laughs> Get back to the thing, right? Yo, the but one, he- go- the one golfer. I swear to Christ, I go that Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore. It wasn't, <laughs> but it I looked very surprise. much like him. That I guarantee that scene was lifted. So almost every scene is lifted. Speaking <laughs> of which, this is one year after Final Destination. Um, and this movie is essentially like Final Destination very much cool so, murders, yeah. right? Like, because yeah. the reason why that's the inciting incident is that caused some sort of multi-dimensional rift where he is now on the wrong timeline. He's the Loki variant, and everyone <laughs> kind of knows he doesn't belong there anymore. So, like, people keep like giving him cryptic clues, like, uh, like the people keep like dropping hints and giving him books, and like, I ah, you know, like the teachers know, and everybody, the family knows he's supposed to be dead. Uh, he doesn't. Phil, Phil, I don't. I don't want to interrupt you because totally. I hate interrupting the guest. But I just want to point out for our listeners something. Phil watched the director's cut along with the director's commentary. If you just watched the original version of Donnie Darko, you wouldn't know any of this shit Phil's talking about. Yeah. Oh no. That's important <laughs> because I just watched the regular direct cut, and then I watched, and I was like, I need to, somebody to explain this to me. And I watched somebody much smarter than me explain the movie, and they're all like, "You got to watch the director's cut." And I was like, "Well, fuck you, I'm not." So tell me about yeah. it. And he, and so anyway, go on. Which go. is exactly why I still refuse to watch the Snyder cut of Justice film, Justice League. Do it right the right. first time, or don't do it at all. Up your ass with the director's cut. Thank you. I agree. And for for me, it's just like doing a remake a little too soon, close to it. Like, oh, great. I've seen it. So am I going to watch a 98% rerun, um, which I did for this one, LinkedIn guy, right? <laughs> um, so Frank the Bunny starts haunting him. Who's Frank the Bunny? A, a, a full bunny suit, horrific bunny face. Wasn't that the name of the of the bobcat of, of the Bobcat Goldwaith and um Nikki Cox TV show in Channel Eleven? Something the right, bunny. Exactly. What Wasn't was it called? Seth Green in that? The something oh Greg God. the Bunny? Was it Greg, Greg the, the bunny? bunny? Yes. Yeah. I liked Greg the Bunny. I, I would prefer too. that to this. Probably also lifted that from this if you had to. But this is what's crazy is Frank keeps visiting him while he's doing his sleepwalking nightmares, and then Frank keeps telling him to like the world is going to end and you have to do things and you have to put an ax inside of the head of the thing and be like, he made me do it. And you got to write that on the ground because ostensibly Frank, the bunny who later we find out is the guy who he shoots in the face. 
um, is trying to like change the timeline as it is so he doesn't get shot in the face, right? Mm -hmm. But much like Skyrim, these are all fetch quests. Like none of this shit has anything to do with stopping him. Uh, for those of you who don't know, a fetch quest is just a side quest where it's like, hey, go do this thing that has nothing to do with anything. I'll give you a prize, right? <laughs> That's this. Takes me to the Patrick Swayze pedophile, right? He's like, burn down his house. Like, like the, the, you have to set it on fire. Why? I don't want to set it on fire, right? He burns down the house. And they're like, well, when he burned down his house, he found out he was a pedophile. And, you know, there was a uh, child porn in there. Why? Like, Wouldn't Frank the child porn burn up in the fire? There's also that. They were like, oh, it's in a basement. <laughs> like, the basements don't burn, too. Right. Boo. But also, that has nothing to do with anything. Trying to save, like, getting shot in the face. If you know this information, which you shouldn't because you get shot in the face before it's revealed in your timeline. Lots of timeline problems here. But if you knew this information, save it for a later day. Save it for when you survive. You do. Like, why are you sending him out? I believe this was the one that was one day before he's about to get shot. So nothing to do with anything. But again, it's like Sullentine shit. Okay. Now let's talk about the important stuff, which is this is one of the fucking horniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Okay. <laughs> like if you like Donnie Darko is set up like he's insane. He's not sleeping at night. So he's getting more and more haggard as it goes on. He knows that the world's going to end, but then he meets Gretchen, um, which is the new girl in school. Uh, and of course it starts with, because again, Donnie Darko is Richard Kelly Drew Barrymore, the teacher, said, why don't you sit next to yeah. the cutest boy in class? And she goes, I want Richard Kelly. Right? Like, it's they, through this movie so far, he's already been called a superhero. Uh, the cutest boy in class. And there are many, many references about how smart he is. And I'm like, but, dude, you by can't the way, put yourself in a movie and do that. By the way, if this was done in 2023, she would have screamed, you can't assume my sexuality and storm but out and call her parents and the, the teacher would be fired. That would be true. But also, Drew Marymore wouldn't say that because that's a fucking weird thing to say. Right. Like, yeah, for a teacher. Could you yeah. imagine? Yeah. Even in 88, people would have been like, ah, I don't know about that one. Yeah, <laughs> I would have exactly. I I laughed my ass if the kid just pulled up a chair next to Drew Barrymore and goes, your move, bitch. <laughs> okay. hey. or if you were to regender that and had a Ben Patrick Swayze there instead of her and be like new boy in class sit next to the hottest girl <laughs> push somebody out of their desk and sit next to the hottest girl I want to see this happen uh, so Donnie's going insane forced to break his sleep super super horny right so then he meets Gretchen um, with that classic pickup line my mom got stabbed to death and that's how they knew that they were meant for each other because they're both really troubled. This is what kind of drives me insane about that part is, um, so a, a lot of uh, what he was talking about in the director's commentary, again, I watched the director's commentary, but what he's talking about in the director's commentary is like, well, what this movie is about is about how like nuanced and complicated being a teen is. Like it's about how everything's hard to navigate when you're a teen because there's so much going on at once. But like the big problems he's dealing with is like, hallucinating a bunny sleepwalking the world is gonna end girlfriend's mom got stabbed a bunch of these aren't teen problems <laughs> like this isn't freaks and geeks this is like holy shit this is like the people like they should all be institutionalized it's like outwardly disturbing bullshit right right so uh by the way one of my least favorite uh types of uh of tropes in this which happens along the way speaking of things that are like 
um, big problems that are like, oh, teammate thanks, but I'm like, this is too big of a problem. I hate the trope of bullies so extreme that they're literally going to kill you, like Freddy Krueger style. <laughs> a knife to the throat <laughs> in your the, high school bathroom. It. <laughs> it's like in Stranger Things, they kind of make, I hope they're making fun of it when they're holding him over the pit and they're like, I'm literally going to throw you off a cliff. <laughs> like, what? Where, like, if bullies were really this bad, then everyone would be dead. I would have been dead like eight times. I had a bully throw oh. a rock at me once, and I thought that was like the worst. But <laughs> I didn't hold a knife to me. I just got I just got a little Jack Johnson in my head. It was a, okay, back to horny. I don't want to get too far away from horny. All right, therapist decides that he wants to start hypnotizing Donnie Darko um, to try to really get to who this Frank person is and what he's seeing. Um, again, doesn't really have anything to do with anything except for it's the way to make Donnie super honest. And then at one point on the therapist couch, he's just like, I think about fucking all the time and all I want to do is fuck. And it's like, he was just talking about like an evil bunny haunting his dreams. And he decides to dedicate this one to just like, so horny. Yes. That was in the director's cut. That was not, was <laughs> that was, that was not in oh, no. the normal cut because in the normal cut, He's talking about something, and then he just starts putting his hands down his pants. And I was like, yeah. what's happening? Why is he putting his hands down his pants? So yeah. that makes a lot more sense. He does a lot of everybody talking. else got to see. Anyway, yeah, he does on. a lot of talking when he puts his hand down his pants. The other one, he's just like, I think about fucking. I want to fuck. And it's like, <laughs> poor therapist. It's like, <laughs> I know it was so much sense. The bunny. It's like, but I understood why they cut it because it was like, not fun to watch it was like uh and again remember this is richard kelly writing like this is uh, it was but it's also again like the, i think that probably in the regular one they just cut out a lot of the horniness now we get to the fun part though which is where he's like i just saw clerks and mall rats these are all things that are inspiring me in this movie i just want a little side where me and my friends are shooting guns because uh <laughs> we're teasing that we all know how to shoot guns later and we're all just gonna hang out and talk about how the smurfs fuck because Brody Nucci's and Mallrats is all about superheroes fucking. This is my chance. Except it's like not joyous or anything. They're like a little too intense about it. They're just like, Papa Smurf made her to fuck. And then he's like, Gargamel made her. Oh, you're so smart, man. Why are you so smart? Get out of this little town and be like. It's like an it's awesome just... powers where they make the fembots <laughs> to gangbang each other in Dr. Right. Evil. Totally. <laughs> And it's like, so everyone knows Smurfs are asexual. You're so smart. Where in Smurf, after that, I Googled where in Smurf lore is Smurfs asexual, and you can't find it. Like, that, Donnie Darko's making up shit. Thankfully. And his like, you're a genius. Yeah, exactly. If you pour water on them, more Smurfs pop out of their ass. I thought that's how right, it totally. works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feed them but... after midnight, and they turn into whatever <laughs> that They start Asriel. fucking. Go one of those <laughs> weirdo cons where people dress up as Smurfs, and I bet you they are fucking as Smurfs. Ooh, back to the furries. Yeah. I like the Smurfies. They Smurf each other. Uh, so, uh, again, going back to the horny thing, him and his sister, again, played by the brilliant Maggie Gyllenhaal, and he's played by the brilliant Jake Gyllenhaal. They want to fuck so bad. Every time they <laughs> see each other, it's so awkward. It's like... If they were, if that was a stepsister, that would make a lot more sense in this movie. Because she's like, I got into Harvard. Ooh, do you want to throw a party? Yeah, I want to <laughs> throw a party. Even when he, like, decides he's going to die and she's passed out on the couch. He, like, does this weird thing where he, like, runs his fingers through her hair. Like, you don't do that to a sister if you're saying goodbye. Maybe a hand on the shoulder. You like, don't? 
Oh boy. <laughs> Thanksgiving is going to be weird this it was year. Like the, it was like the drunk kid in, oh God, Dead Poet Society where he gets on the couch and starts playing with that chick's hair and then the jock beats him up for that. Right, totally. Except now it's done like straight up his sister in real life and right. sister in the movie. It's just, I don't know. Um, again, one final uh, horny moment. Uh, the the sparkle motion, which is his sister's dance troupe. The dance yes. that they do, I think yes. they do it on purpose because they want to they're about to follow with like the pedophile stuff but like uh, it's it's unnervingly it doesn't feel like they're making fun of the fact that it's sexualized it's just like i think it's richard kelly being horny i think he was 25 and all horned up you know i thought when they turned around and they shook their asses you were going to go to the the crowd and the crowd is going to be like but it's right. everybody yeah yeah like, exactly oh, is this and I think they were doing a little bit of like a play of like a lot of this is like that American Beauty, another yeah. movie I hate. I'm sure you've talked about that one before. We've, we've but it's that this. like the suburbs, everything normal is crazy and everything crazy is normal. Like that whole genre of things. I think that was part of that. But also, come the fuck, come on, man. Like, okay. Horny Richard Kelly aside, let's actually talk about my biggest big of the big problems on this, which is when you get something written by a 23 year old, who's all horned up and high as shit and imagining like water bubbles coming out because they're Madden or whatever that you can't also do multi-dimension in time <laughs> because you're going to fuck it up, which he does multiple times on this. So the first one I talked a little bit about, which is Frank comes back. Frank's the bunny. He's like, I'm a Frank. And there's been other Franks, but like he's establishing the Frank multiverse, um, the Citadel of Franks, as it were. Citadel. Um, but, <laughs> the, but this Frank is like uh, hyper focused on like, I'm trying to get you to stop. the. I'm trying to get you to change. And like, we got to make things right. And then they're like, hey, you need to go fix this Patrick Swayze thing. If he achieves his goal, then the movie ends with Patrick Swayze not being caught. How funny would it have been if, it, if he would have done something like, you know, Donnie, you got to come back with me. Back where? Back to the future. And then go back right. and just change all this shit. Oh. They should have. And that final montage where they're like, when you're going, you're familiar yeah. faces. Oh. They're showing everybody in that slow pan, which like there's too much slow motion and slow pan stuff. I would have loved it if they just showed like Patrick Swayze and sparkle motion and him slowly shutting the door. <laughs> because that that's how the movie ends for Patrick. They went yeah. back in time. He didn't get caught. He got away with it. Oh, it went back in time. So that, that song, by the way, that, that song is so is so weird. That's a yeah. song they play. If they're showing a highlight of the school year, that's the song they play for the kids who died that year as an in memoriam kind of thing. Totally. That's the song. Go, yeah, no, it's no. it's it was it's unnerving because they kind of show how everybody's like sad that Donnie's gone, but also their like lives are better. But right. they should not have put Patrick Swayze's character in this. Movie. They should have done it anyways. It doesn't have shit to do with shit. But also that just ruins the ending for me because there's still a pedophile on the loose. <laughs> the jet engine falls to his house while he's jerking off to a video of sparkle motion. That, <laughs> exactly. That is a Shakespearean ending we all deserve. Mad world. Well, he's jacking off his slow fade to black. <laughs> I don't like that. Um, another big part where the time travel doesn't make sense. So there's an old woman keeps walking into the middle of the road, walking back. This is Miss Death. Uh, she keeps checking her mailbox and closing it. She's ostensibly in like a time loop, right? Where she's just like reliving a same moment or over and over. They never really get to the root of what's in the mailbox or why that is. But we find out later that she's the author of the Black Hole book where 
you know, Donnie just hanging out with his teachers after school is learning about it. And like, like everything in here, when the teachers are trying to get him to go back and kill themselves, so they kind of know they're also like, Oh, I've got to school him on this. Well, you need an event with a metal vessel and then you need to have the wormhole be appeared through that. And then that's how you go back in time. Um, so the Miss Death character, uh, she's in a loop. Um, but remember, they said as part of her book that they needed an event and a wormhole and a metal vessel to go back through. This screws up two different things. One is, how did she end up in the time loop for that? Like, was she in a metal vessel? Did the metal vessel happen? Was that the car? Was that the metal vessel that moved her in that? And was she reliving that moment where she's trying to get out of the road over and over again? Like, unresolved weirdness. It's the polar bears from Lost already. I hate David Limeloff. And I hate this movie as well. Donnie Darko is not in a metal vessel. And he does not pass through the wormhole. That was the jet engine. Mm-hmm. So how the fuck does he go back in time? Mm-hmm. They never, like, he's just kind of like, I'm... I'm see you man and i could just do it because i have these superpowers of water and liquid but like the (laughs) way they they establish how you go back in time the only thing that passes through that hole is that mysterious jet engine save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So I consider that fuck up number two rules of the universe time travel stuff. Doesn't make any sense. But the biggest one, number three, the reason why the whole movie doesn't make sense. All right. So they're flying a plane. Jet engine gets lost in the storm. Jet engine through the metal vessel goes down through the wormhole. That's the one that goes back a week, lands on top of the bed. But Donnie knew that was going to happen. He goes back in time somehow, lays in the bed, gets squished, right? And Mm -hmm. through that, everything is fixed and the timeline is righted. No more variants out there. Loki season three is over, right? But (laughs) if he fixes everything so all of this shit doesn't happen, that plane never takes off on Halloween. So there's no jet engine, so it doesn't come back. We have made ourselves a time paradox, which motherfucker doesn't know because he's 23 years old and doesn't know shit about shit. He hasn't watched enough movies to know. Gigawatts. Right, exactly. We all know that the time paradox happened. He never watched Back to the Future. He should have stopped watching E.T. with his bikes and watched Back to the Future. He's created a time paradox. Don't talk so, to anybody, Marty. Right. Exactly. Don't get your mom all horned up. Don't masturbate in front of your therapist. Mommy. Speaking of horny, your mother's a slut. Yeah. George, you how did you? Kid turns out to be you. <laughs> George, how did you fall from the tree? See, that would have been the perfect <laughs> masturbating moment to have in this film as, as, a, as, an, have, as yeah. an homage. How'd you fall off your therapist couch? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to get serious for my very last point, though, because I think that this is a very, very big one. And like, not even joking, I think this is a serious one. It's frankly, when I watched it when I was like 19, the reason why I left that theater and wrote a a paper about how much I hated this movie that I was trying to find on my old hard drives and I couldn't, because I would have just recited it for you. Um, But how it resolves, Donnie Darko is depressed when it starts. He's on pills. He's having an objectively hard time, despite his wonderful family and suburban life, being the handsome and most smartest boy in school. Um, And then... All of this terrible shit starts happening around him. People are dying. His girlfriend dies and blah, blah, blah. And he's going crazy. And he essentially resolves it 
by going back and laughing while he kills himself. <laughs> now, if you are a depressed teen and you're watching this movie and everything's falling apart around you, and I hate when the pundits are like, well, he does this because he realized that he was a Christ figure and as a messianic figure that he had to also do this, which again, remember, this is Richard Kelly talking about himself as a Christ figure. But if you're a Christ figure and you have to kill yourself in order to like die for the sins of the rest of the world and you are a depressed teen on the precipice, what the fuck are you supposed to think watching this movie? Like, oh, shit's falling around around me. Donnie Darko, my hero, he killed himself and then everything turned out okay and everybody lives and blah, blah, blah. You know what I need to do, right? Like, it's it's an objectively, like, the movie is telling you, hey, depressed teen, maybe if everything's falling around around you, maybe it is your fault, and maybe, you know what, you should just, <laughs> before, like, everything else falls, like, it's a bad message to tell the teens. That's a great point. Um, also, I looked up mm-hmm. the statistic. Since 2001, teen suicides per 100,000 United States has more than doubled. It's Donnie Darko's fault. Exactly. (laughs) I have to blame it a little. I think it's mostly Garden State's fault because I hate that movie more, but you guys won't let me do it. Uh, In my closing statement for this, not to leave on an unfunny note, the message is abhorrent. It's telling teens to kill themselves if things are going wrong. So I'll leave it there. And if you want to disagree with that, please tweet me because I've tried to figure out all of these pundits that say like, oh, it's messianic figure. Guess what? Jesus offed himself because he knew that his father, God, somehow uh, was going to make sure that he washes away everyone's sins. Donnie didn't know that. Donnie just knows that like shit's fucked up and he's depressed. So bad, bad message. And that was that was me going. All, I've got a million more things, but I'm going to let it lie at the top points. Give me a number one to ten. Oh, in terms of how much I like the movie. Yes, please. I'll give it a two based on jokes alone. Because <laughs> I did oh. like the crazy old woman, uh, who the the super Christian woman, who just like your mom, you're a bad mom, and then the smoking mom <laughs> was just like fuck. I think being a parent <laughs> that resonates with you more, you know. She, remi- <laughs> she reminded me of the mom in Carrie. They're all gonna laugh at you. Yeah, hey, they're all gonna laugh at you. Uh. Or Adam Sandler's amazing first album. Yeah, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so to Kevin Israel, why don't you jump in there and? See if you can run over this old lady standing outside of her mailbox. So this movie sits right in the time period of movies that I love because I, I, anything from the late 90s, early 2000s is just right in that. Like I graduated college. I was, you know, I just I just love that period. It's oddly set in 88, but it still feels like it's. 2001 like the movie i i had to actually look it up to see that the where i think at some point they say something about 88 i think it was when they showed dukakis but i felt like the whole time like they wasn't really 88 which is sort of right for this movie which is all about time travel whatever but but anyway i i didn't see this movie in the theater i'm pretty sure and i just remember hearing about it and thinking that it was like some kind of horror movie i saw some of it at some point because i when when KG told me we were doing this movie, I was like, I remember the jet engine falling through the house. I remember the rabbit. And I remember Jake Gyllenhaal shooting someone. That was my entire experience with this movie up until two nights ago when I when I when I rewatched it. So I kind of went in and I, you know, I knew that there was like a time travel aspect to it. And here's the problem with watching movies today at home that I discover because you're you can't not look at your phone when you're watching anything. So I find myself at best focusing 85% on anything. And that's 85% if I really like what I'm watching. So the movie ended 
and I was like, shit, I have no idea what just happened in this movie. Maybe <laughs> I was, maybe I was looking at my phone way too much. Cause, and I was like, I don't think I, I don't think I was. And I was like, I need to go to the internet to find people who are smarter, bigger dorks than me to explain to me what just happened in this movie. And I watched no lie, three videos. And I read four articles on this movie. Wow. And I realized that I was not looking at my phone at all during this movie because <laughs> mm-hmm. the explanations of this movie, first of all, that's when I discovered it about the director's cut. And when I discovered the director's cut explains a lot more in this about this movie that and I, I clearly look if Phil watched the director's cut, it didn't make it any better for him. But I think no. it, it sounds like important stuff that at least kind of couches everything in a different way. I found an article and I'm going to I'm going to cover just some of the highlights because I think it's important to realize that there's like there are explanations out there for this and it's just bananas to me so first of all this was all based around the time travel book that roberta sparrow the grandma death woman wrote the philosophy of time travel so one of the concepts in this was a tangent universe apparently when donnie darko wakes up he's already in the beginning of the movie he's already in the tangent universe that's already started because it's already started and he and the what creates the tangent universe is the artifact is an artifact and an artifact can be any type of metal vessel that's passed through a wormhole and creates a, a, and it creates a tangent universe. In this case, it's the jet engine jet engine falls through the tangent universe is created. And now we already have Donnie Darko in the alternate reality. Essentially Donnie Darko is what's called a living receiver. I didn't write any of this. This is all apparently somehow from this is not in the director's cut. <laughs> I, I don't know where this all comes from, but and I and I this has been repeated. I saw this in a number of different analyses. Donnie Darko's a living receiver. He's the one chosen uh, when they when the tangential universe is created to try to resolve this issue of the tra- tangential universe. The, the living receiver is given superpowers. He and Donnie Darko apparently displays superpowers. He has the strength to bury the axe in the metal head of the mascot. He has water power, apparently, which is how he does something with flooding the 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 uh, school. And then you see that kind of alternate thing, pick that image with all the water and the buildings. And they never really explain that at all. Um, and he and apparently he uses telekinesis to rip the jet engine off of the plane. How are you supposed to know this? What? You're not. No. Again, th- and this is this all of this. Everything I'm saying was it repeated at, at least two or three times in different analyses of this movie. The manipulated dead. The rabbit Frank is a manipulated dead. When somebody is killed in a tangential universe who is closely related to the living receiver, they become a manipulated dead who becomes a has a powerful being that can travel around the tangential universe trying to influence the the receiver donnie darko and that's why he is now the rabbit is now trying to get donnie darko to do the right thing to destroy the tangential universe because if it's not destroyed and it continues to go for more than 28 days or 30 days or something it will rip a hole in space time and the real universe which was where we're all living will be destroyed which is why donnie darko was told the world is going to end in 30 days uh there's a lot more i won't go on to it but this is all this is all again. Some of this is from the movie. Some of this is from people's thoughts. The fact that I had to read this much and I had to watch this many videos to even try to get my brain to wrap around this movie is a real problem. And the real problem. The other real problem that I had is that I kind of liked the movie. 
Like there was stuff in it that I did like. Again, I like the feeling of the of the time period. I liked some of the some of the characters. I I enjoy, and I enjoyed the idea of this of the time travel and the alternate the alternate universe. But it feels and and Phil, I think you kind of said it. It feels like the first draft of a movie that somebody should have gone back and said, "Hey, you got something here, but now you got to fucking write a movie." Because what right. you wrote is a bunch of scenes that don't really connect into a story. And we need a coherent story. Donnie Darko was a character. He changes throughout the whole movie and not like not in like a character arc way. He changes just right. Like sometimes he's like this really sullen looking like emo kid. Then other times he's out in the field shooting guns with his friends, joking around about the Smurfs. Then he's like hitting on chicks and being like cool guy. Then he's standing up to the Patrick Swayze character who I don't know how the fuck he worked into anything or how the school let him come lecture the kids. That's. (laughs) That's inc- that's like Pat Robertson coming to like lecture you in your public. Like that's bananas to me. But like Donnie Darko's character isn't consistent in who like if he was always supposed to be this damaged, sullen teen, he should just been through that through the whole movie. But he really wasn't, and there was no explanation for why it kind of kept changing. It was just it was just strange to me because I was like, oh, is he going to be like the the weirdo who's like made fun of? No, not really. Uh, is he going to be like the kid who stands up to people? Nah, kind of, but not really. Is he the cool like outsider? Yeah, nah, not really. Like he was nothing and sort of everything, and it just it it never worked for me. And I wanted to really like his character, and it was it was it was just annoying to me. And then there were just so many, and like Phil said, there were so many storylines that they they started and then just kind of stopped. And it was like like Drew Barrymore, which by the way, I don't typically think Drew Barrymore is hot. I thought she looked kind of hot in this, and I don't I don't know exactly why. Hey, guess what? Whatever. Hey, guess what? Guess what? I what? always agree with you. She's not attractive. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 sorry, I don't find her attractive. She's a, she's cute. But when guys go gaga for her, like if it was, so let's say Charlie's Angels was probably her zenith when it comes to looks. Yeah. Or maybe if you want to get a little more on the pervy side, Poison Ivy. That's really the film <laughs> that really kind of point at. She I, I go, I see it, but I'm not like, eh. But I'm also not like when guys are like Emma Watson's a smoke show. I'm like, no, stop it. <laughs> I yeah, hear, no, but I, I found her more attractive in this than I usually would right and i don't know i don't know why i think he was horned up in every single one like that's the entire movie but that's the thing like she felt it felt like she was gonna have an affair with somebody like the way she was teaching and dressed and her whole attitude i was like oh she's gonna end up fucking donnie darko or one of the students and 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 she never did that and then she gets fired, I guess, because of her teaching methods. But there's no reason and nothing happens with it. And the only reason she exists is to tell Donnie Darko cellar door. <laughs> cellar door. That's the whole like, oh, I get it. I'm supposed what? to look at the cellar door of that old woman's what place. A MacGuffin. <laughs> he Just, even says at the end, like, deus ex machina when the car's yeah, right, about to right. So like her storyline was just weird Patrick Swayze storyline which could have been interesting and yeah it was it was kind of lazy writing uh to whoever tweeted that out about him being a pedophile but that doesn't bother me as much because you want to make somebody shitty whatever but there was just nothing happened with it and then in the resolution of the movie because Donnie Darko sacrifices himself because so again to go back to this ridiculous explanation Donnie Darko sacrifices himself so the tangential universe can be destroyed and our the real reality persists but in doing that, 
Patrick Swayze gets gets to keep going on and fucking kids or jerking off the kids or whatever he's doing. So, hey, winner. (laughs) What a hero. Uh, He couldn't have even left a note for somebody that said, hey, by the way, (laughs) he's fucking kids. Now I'm going to go get hit by the jet engine. There are many Franks before me. It's still a kid fucker. (laughs) There's one thing that I think is really interesting, though, when you were talking about the explanation of which this is the first time I heard that explanation. What he does at the end doesn't resolve that, though, because if he's telekinetically still passing that through the wormhole, isn't the vessel still happening? So isn't the space time continuum still ruined? Because he still well, passed I, a vessel through. Well, I think what one of the explanations that I saw is that this is like a Groundhog's Day situation where he just has to keep living this over and over and over again. Like it's just going to continue to repeat. But now and that's dead. why Frank's. Well, but but then there's good then. Yeah, I can't remember how they explained it, but it just or or this was the final time. But he's lived this. That's what it was. He's lived this. Uh multiple times and there was a whole nother vi- i'm not gonna get into it but there's a whole nother video that suggests that because this has happened so many times people in the r- other people besides darny darko start to realize and you can sort of see by the way they react to things and the way like at the end when the when gretchen or whatever her name was looks at donnie darko's mom and they have that weird like what the fuck is happening in this overly long stare that's why they know each other because they knew each other from the other reality and it had started to bleed over because it happened so many times. Do you um, think that they actually knew each other or is it more of a kind of a, I know you, but I can't place exactly where it's, at. it's, it's that it's, but it's like somewhere okay. in the, it's almost like deja vu. Like it's in the back of their head. Like, ah, like I, something, something happened here. Um, See, I thought it was more powerful than that without that, which is that it's somebody who's gone through horrible pain. Cause their mom died waving to somebody else who's been through pain. And to me, that was like, actually kind of like that moment without that explanation that explanation yeah. ruins it a little bit. Cause I thought it was one of those like acknowledgements of like life, huh? Like my mom got <laughs> hey, Phil, that, what about you? Kids Phil, if that's, what, if that's what keeps you at a two for this movie, just stick with your belief. Keeps me at a two, <laughs> just like my dating life in college. <laughs> so yeah, I, this, this is just such a weird movie that probably could have been a lot better. If the 23-year-old wrote it and then a 34-year-old maybe edited it um, and put it together a little better because so much it's just it did have a lot of potential. And that's why I don't I don't hate it because I see the idea of like the of the past and of the alternate realities sort of talking to the person and. And and oh, that was the other thing that really bothered me. The whole thing about the blobs coming out of your head. Apparently that was showing him that everybody's destiny is preordained and you're watching that you're watching that's the that's the kind of the universe telling them where to go and so that no matter what you do you're already going to be going where you're being directed oh my christ what a there's a random chick at a party and she makes a right turn out of the room where the tv is instead of a left turn but that's predetermined destiny fucking (laughs) blow me i man i don't disagree but i will say that they didn't even attempt to explain what that was and right, it just yeah. happens and it's it's just and it's apparently it's a por- important part of the movie and it's there's no explanation. And I and I've seen a lot of movies lately, you know, more recent movies where they just don't explain something at the end. And like a lot of people are like, well, you, you know, as the viewer, you, you don't have to be spoon fed. You know, you, it's up for interpretation, oh. which I feel like that's such a fucking out for poor yeah. writing. Like you can you can leave you can you can have a cliffhanger ending or a mysterious ending where you go. Ooh, let's like, let's think about that. But where you just leave people going, what the 
fuck did I just watch? Wait, wait, wait. Like, and, and, and here's and here's a rebuttal. Ready? Nuance. I guess you're too dense. Yeah, right. Right. right exactly. Well, you don't like to think, dummy. Yeah. Well, in fairness, in the director's commentary for it, multiple times he said, I just wanted to leave it open for interpretation. People can watch this movie over and over again and get different things out of it. And I'm like, yeah. fuck you all the way to town and back. I hate yeah. that. <laughs> like, it's the, the whole... Yeah, David one of the <laughs> lost thing, right? Where it's just like he tried to do the most random thing he could, and then at season seven went, "Oh shit, I have to justify this," and then just tried to make up a bunch of shitty excuses for everything. I hate it. So look, this movie was something that I really wanted to like. It falls into my wheelhouse as far as sci-fi and fantasy with multiverses and end time travel and everything. But it was clearly a movie that probably needed to go through the editing process and not only the eyes of a twenty-three-year-old stoner like. Phil said there was stuff I wanted to like, but I just I just couldn't like it as much as I probably should have. And I was going to give it a five five. But to Phil's point of the suicide, I'll uh, I'll drop it to a five. Five. So we got a two and a five. And of course, these notes brought to you by gutting the sacred cow dot com. Grab a hat bag, mer- some merch, whatevs. Why not? At GTSC podcast at gutting the sacred cow podcast. Instagram. If you see some stuff, one of our clips, just give it a like. Don't even have to bother watching. It just helps with the algorithm. YouTube as well. We appreciate any likes, comments, whatever. And you know I love the screen shoot. My favorite reviews. Tweak them on the tweak them. Tweet them as well. Blah, blah, blah. At GTSC Podcast. And again, thank you for giving us an hour of uh, and a half now, it looks like, of your time every week with this podcast. Notes. Is the only purpose to have the Michael Dukakis references to establish time? And what benefit does having this take place in 1988 gain for anyone? Is I have a theory sh- about that. I have I one wa- theory. I want to hear that. I want to hear it, Phil. Go I think it. that because it's the end of the Reagan era on there, that it's like the height of when Gen X is really fucking pissed off. Like it's, <laughs> they, they, there was just like, Nothing like eight years of Reagan to make the all that entire generation just be like, fuck. So I think that, that kind of fed into the, the emo-ness. Well, Kevin Israel and I were both born in 76. We were 12 when 88 happened. So I didn't give a shit about Ronald Reagan. How about you, <laughs> Kevin Israel? Didn't affect me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought that when they said this is 1988, I'm like, okay, cool. Are we going to see all the main characters wearing starter jackets, watching scrambled porn on Channel 95? or playing Akari Warriors on Nintendo? If so, I am here for that. <laughs> this Donnie Darko is a real fuck-ass to his parents, huh, guys? <laughs> yes. I'm pretty sure I was the same way as a teenager, but hey, I didn't have a jet engine falling through my bedroom or have to deal with Maggie Gyllenhaal as my sister. There are certain films that are done in this podcast that I, I want to see rebooted, but an all-black cast. I'd love to see African-American Donnie Darko to the scene where he calls his mom a bitch outside the door. But this time in the African-American version, she walks back in and beats the hell out of him with a shoe for 35 minutes. <laughs> I've never sleepwalked, but if I, you've ever seen me sleepwalking, I guarantee you I'm dreaming of a blowjob contest between Emily Redzikowski, Salma Hayek, Halle Berry, and Margot Robbie, and I'm the only judge. That could be the only thing I'm walking toward while sleepwalking. What's Bodie from Point Break in this? He should punch that rabbit in the face, take his wallet and say, 100% pure adrenaline. <laughs> if I had to guess what airline dropped an engine in Donnie's room, I'll wager it's Spirit Airlines. 
And if that plane crashed, well, too bad because it's not full of people being recruited from Menza. Yeah. A casual, a little casual bus stop racism is how most high school mornings started out. Like I said before, in a million years, I did not think she was Chinese. So this is either poor writing or poor casting. Prep kids doing blow in the hallways of school. Boy, these honkies sure know how to party. I mean, this is blatantly over to the top, guys. No one's doing coke in the middle of the hallway of school. That doesn't happen. Cut the bullshit. That's a Drew, great point. Thank you. <laughs> Drew Barrymore is in this too. By the way, have you heard her recently talk about being single? She sounds exhausting and a complete nightmare to date, almost as much as Alyssa Milano. Either way, guys, this is not the Poison Ivy Drew Barrymore or the embrace of the vampire Alyssa Milano. That nagging slash drama nonsense is worse than a Ranchero band getting on your stop on the subway and you being handcuffed to the pole. You're too old to be putting that shit on, ladies. Cut that out. No guy's going to tolerate this wackiness. How is that woman teacher allowed to show some David Miscavige Scientology slash Joel Osteen bullshit in the middle of class? What is that? How is some kid going to his parents like, you should be aware of what they're teaching us in school. I don't care if it's private school or not. Private school parents have less tolerance for that tomfoolery if they're paying that kind of bucks to go there. I did enjoy the Kevin Smith-esque discussion about the Smurfette gangbang because it was much more entertaining than that cartoon, which fucking stunk. This is right in the pantheon of shitbox cartoons of the 80s. Heathcliff, Peanuts, Alf. Yes, Alf had a cartoon. Mr. T and the Rambo cartoons. That was chumming the water for dumb people and kids. At what at what point can you explain to me that this film gets enough juice to warrant cult status and midnight showings? As much as I loathe Rocky Horror Picture Show, Kevin Israel did too. I at least get the allure of seeing this with an interactive, with seeing that film with an interactive group. What in the Sam Hill could you possibly do to make this live event fun except throw carrots at the screen when the bunny is on? <laughs> Nothing. Seth Rogen's first film and probably his best film as he speaks at most nine words. That's the spirit. I love to see the Donnie Darko dismantling Patrick Swayze played at every corporate America meeting. You are the Antichrist for overinflating projections and blaming the salespeople for the stock price striping eight cents. That needs to be played in corporate America. By the way, he take Donnie Darko takes his girlfriend to see Evil Dead and she falls asleep in the middle of that film. I know all I need to know about her film taste, and it's enough for me to dump her. I don't care how good of a BJ that is. <laughs> And she falls asleep for like two hours too. Yeah, she like falls asleep and getting asleep. wakes up at the very end, and he commits a crime in between. Yeah, would he dose that popcorn instead of putting butter on it, <laughs> roof and all? Jesus, if I could avoid my daughter joining the dance troupe like Sparkle Motion, I would volunteer to engineer overthrowing a government. Coup d'etats are my specialty, just like dick jokes. That is the last thing I want to be is dragged across state lines to dance competitions and be forced to pony up $800 for a costume she wears for 35 minutes a clip. 
<laughs> Phil, you and I were talking about this before I wrote it down. That whole song entire time, stolen the bones of that song, stolen by, no, not, not stolen by, they stole it from Offspring's Gone Away. Listen to Offspring's Gone Away. And it feels like heaven so far. That is that song. Now, I don't know which came first because I didn't feel like doing as much research for this as I've already done, nor did I feel like watching Nova-esque specials like on Channel 12 like Kevin Israel did to understand the meaning of this film. Well, I sure didn't see that Swayze pedophile twist coming, did you? Because from now on, anytime you go into a house like that, I'm going to automatically assume there is a hidden room by covered by a painting. That has either a kitty porn, a sexual torture room, and a gimp hiding behind said painting. Start knocking on walls and see if they're hollow or not. And just keep pulling out every book until the wall swings around. Again, the crazy dance mom is a trope I have to avoid in real life. So here's hoping my daughter can hit a wicked slider thrown by a lesbian and play a real sport. However, I do bet if you do hook up one of those dance moms away at a dance competition, I bet they are crazy in bed to have. Crazy. They probably they probably go down for the beach and pull off a sparkled scrunchie off their wrist and then tie their hair up before giving said crazy beach. You know, it's funny this film is called Donnie Darko because it because should be called Donnie Whitey because there are no black people at any part of the high school or of the parties. By the way, did you know Drew Barrymore is banging Tom Green when this film was made? There's a time capsule for you. Yeah, that's right. That's she right. has that they energy in, uh, in this movie. We met in uh, Charlie's Angels. Maybe that, that's why she was so horned up, because goofy-ass Tom Green couldn't bring the bring the heat like some 18-year-old Abercrombie on the set of this <laughs> film could. Sorry, guys. I am not buying Seth Rogen as a bully, just like I would not buy Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air as a serial rapist. Nope, not happening. Where did Donnie get a gun to shoot that guy? He found it in his That's dad's closet. Jail. That's didn't closet. Hear, okay, didn't hear that part. And why didn't he shoot the guy who had just had a knife to his throat instead of <laughs> killing the guy? Who killed his girlfriend by accident? I would think like I understand you when he killed the girl, the, the, the your girlfriend's accidental murder. All right, I'm fine with that. But the guy who had a knife to my throat and a knee on my chest—that is target number one for me. <laughs> Character development. Have you guys seen any of this film yet? Not me. What's how has he been better? How are you rooting for him at any point in this film except for he does call Swayze the Antichrist? He's done not Kevin. You're looking very puzzled as I make these points. It's like you're. Solving quadratic equations here. I'm intensely listening. All right. This movie sure took risks. I don't mind big swings after, but rewatching this, I don't know what I watched. Did I watch a good movie and fail to grasp the overall meaning? Did I watch a good movie that had bad intentions? Sorry, good intentions, but bad execution. Did I watch a shitty movie? Do I care enough to really reassess the whole points of this film? <laughs> Answer. No, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. And no. <laughs> so he decided to time travel to kill himself because his girlfriend was dead. And oh, by the way, stop taking his placebos, mind you. And said, you know what, world? I've had enough of this horseshit place at age 18. I know. Jesus Christ. This is so much to unpack. I know this is an indie film, but Christ on a cross. Did the production value feel amateurish as all hell at times or what? It felt like the Voyage of the Mimi. If you ever remember that film, you had to watch back in 1989. 
the acting also felt really, really stilted. Right. Yeah. It didn't seem like he knew how to direct actors because, you know, he was 24. Right. <laughs> what is he going to tell Drew Barrymore? Yeah. Guys, guys, just go out there. We're burning daylight. We're burning film. Just go out there and just he, we'll, 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 we'll kind of improv this. And that, kids, is how Judd Apatow got his start in films. No. <laughs> so did I rewind? Did I rewind to rewatch this? No. Did I hate this? No. Will I watch this ever again? No. But only maybe if they do a sequel where Drew Barrymore opens up her own wormhole and then slits her throat because her character was useless in this. Besides giving him the code word to go in the basement, open the door. You know what her highlight in the film of this was? Yelling, ah, and she got fired. And then, of course, the second highlight for her was able to cash a distribution check as executive producer and actress. Kevin Israel, this is right. Like you said, this is in that wheelhouse of late 90s, early 2000s, where it's like, I remember like, this is a cool film. But then again, we also watched that film about the two Irish hitmen. I cannot remember and go, wait a minute. That film sucked really badly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, what was it called again? The two Irish Boondock guys. Saints? Boondock Saints. Boondock Saints. I haven't revisited that in 20 years. Am I going to hate it? Because I remember liking it. You are going to loathe the oh, thing. Oh, my childhood. Yeah. So all, all, that, those, that, all that stuff we used to love about like late 90s, early 2000s movies just doesn't hold up. A lot oh, of it does man. not. No. Look, I did not get the allure when I first, I, I kind of said, ah, you like it? Ah, yeah. Second time ago, I think I remember going, ah, I don't know. I remember people being so rah-rah about how cool this was and avant-garde and fun, and I'm the asshole for not watching it. So I'm like, all right, Phil, this is a good idea. Let, let me revisit this thing again another, I don't know, how many years later. I have written down five out of ten, Phil, but my arguments from you, the arguments from you, boy, you Venn diagram the shit out of reasons to dislike this film even more. So I went from a very flimsy five to a very fortitude four, five, four, two. Oh, moving numbers. That was a, that was a hell. That was a hell of a gut here. Let's go. As we do this for one second, I'm going to pull up the Lord snurts questions here. Or sorry. The predictions as well as our pal bango, two, three, three, one bango, two, or sorry, Lord snurts. Here we go. He has KG me three, Kevin Israel four parentheses, which means he'll probably pick a one or a seven <laughs> and fill one and a half. Close. That is pretty close. Bango's got another one in here. I got to find it. Oh, Bango's predictions. He has Phil at a two, me at a four, nailed it. Kevin Israel at a three, two out of wow. three dead nuts on. Bango yeah. taking the trophy today from Wardsner. It's that's uh that's odd, but whatever. Now, boys, listen, grab your placebos and your bunny mask, and let's go down the rabbit hole together because now time for critics five star reviews. Get ready to get angry. Five star reviews. Shit. One of the best homages to Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Homage to back. Mm-hmm. Nope. Then what? You're what is the homage? <laughs> homage. In what universe is an homage besides there just being time travel? For that's no like, homages. That's like saying Bill and Ted's ex. Bill and Ted's bogus journey is an homage to godfather i don't know right. or, or the actually the exorcist that's a better that's a better uh, one to give next one it's dense complicated and an amazing amalgam of genres and influences that really defies any constraints so 
Oh, waiter, waiter, I'll start with a word salad with horseshit dressing, <laughs> and then I'll have the loquacious critic cocktail. Hold the <laughs> olives doused in smarminess. <laughs> the theatrical version is some kind of compacted masterpiece. Hormonal, vital, dazed, blissfully unhinged. I'm too attached to Donnie Darko to worry over its wanton weirdness, its mix of concreteness and intangibility. Guys, new game. Ready? It's called Bullshit Bingo with Critics. Anytime <laughs> someone use more, uses more than two 25-cent words in a sentence, mark your card appropriate and loudly yell, fuck you. <laughs> Next one, Jill and Hall's breakthrough performances simultaneously, simultaneously heartfelt, melancholy, and mischievous. I agree with that. Critics, one-star one reviews. You either love it or you hate it. For those who loved it, I have only one word. Overrated. Yahtzee. Donnie Darko has plenty of problems, but most stem from a young filmmaker overswinging on his first time up to the plate and hitting a deep fly out rather than a home run. God, what? This person does not understand sports. If I might at first <laughs> major league at bat and I hit a deep fly ball, I say I got great contact. My launch angle was just a tad under that a degree or so off that balls over the fence. This person should have said I struck out or hit a slow chopper back to the mound. I hate when critics do sport analogies who do not know what the hell they are talking about. <laughs> I think it's more like he it was his first time at bat and he accidentally like brought a rubber chicken instead of a baseball. Bat. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie Darko promises a feast, but when the film ends, you are left only with the scraps. Oh, a food metaphor. Oh, it's so skewed. Sorry. X gets a square. If this movie ever figured out what it wanted to be when it grows up, it would be a terrific one. Fair. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I Not think that all. there's good concepts that just needed to be made into a movie. They need some germination. Ha! There you go, critics. Amazon five-star reviews. I love this movie, but it's kind of overrated. Plus, I have no way to confirm whether this copy comes with all those deleted scenes that make the plot significant. It is what it is. That's a five-star review? It is. New rule. <laughs> new rule. New rule. Anyone, you get all, everyone gets a pair of steel-toed boots and pretend that they're about to kick a 65-yard field goal and kick anyone in the privates who ends a sentence with, it is what it is. <laughs> I've seen Donnie Darko a handful of times and is the one of the most influential, amazing, symbolic movies I have ever seen. There's no way to describe this movie or how awesomely done it was. It's given me a bit of perspective on life. I even incorporated Frank the Bunny into the tattoo I had recently done oh. because uh -huh. of the impact it had on me and the symbolism I see late in life. The movie's all about time travel and not about time travel. And it's not about time travel. It's hard to say it's about the way it has an effect on your life on which you view it. But there is just no way of describing it in words. Signed, Dr. Emmett L. Brown. <laughs> this is as dumb as getting your boyfriend's name tattooed on your forehead, right? Yeah. You do not get Frank the Bunny. I mean, this just like reeks of I just met my fourth future ex-wife at an Incubus concert. <laughs> <laughs> bad, bad choices. Well, pardon me, was it? Okay. I don't know that song. I hate it. Next one. Okay. I was wasting time in a chat room. Let's pause for effect. Chat room. By the way, this the date in this was, was 2003, to be fair. Mm. 
Someone suddenly had asked if uh, they had seen the movie Donnie Darko. Several others began to speak, but only vaguely. However, I was drawn without knowing any specifics beyond the title and the mood of a film. Can we find a way to date this review without saying the actual date by saying chat rooms? Were chat rooms still a thing in 03, fellas? I say no. I was pushing it. Yeah, I think we were done by that, buddy. I think chat rooms pretty much because MySpace was out in 03 and that pretty much was the death knell for chat rooms, I think. By the way, I did my fair share of meeting women in AOL chat rooms. Nothing sexier than making a woman say, can you just go to Kinko's and scan at least three pictures to prove that it really is you? I prefer the Yahoo chat rooms, thank you. Why is Much that? Much better. I have no idea. Those were, oh. That was just where I ended AOL up. AOL is where the, that's where the PG rated stuff was. The Yahoo stuff got Yeah, right. Yahoo was filth. <laughs> We did, like we're in the chat rooms, and then we did the old instant message, and that's where it got cute. ASL cyber question mark. That's the hallmark of a good time. Cyber. <laughs> oh, we're so old. Great suspense. By the way, I'm getting my colonoscopy next Wednesday. That's how I know I'm old. Yummy. Jesus. Great suspense movie. Of course, it's got language, but what doesn't these days? If you think your children are at a very impressionable age, you might want to rethink this one. You wouldn't want to give them any ideas. Signed, Casey Anthony. <laughs> Amazon, Amazon one-star reviews. Amazon. Not sure what other people see in this. My wife and I struggled to get to the ending. Boring, boring, boring. Wish we had our two hours and the money I'd spent on a Blu-ray version. And they often whisper the lines, so it's so hard to hear until something happens. Then I'm diving for the remote to turn down the excessively loud volume. Then back up again when they start when they start whispering again, volume tennis in quotes. I like that volume tennis. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I'm Why would you. you buy the Blu-ray of something on a that whim though not, that you've not seen? Yeah, that seems that's ex- rent. That's rent. an excessive. That's an excessive investment or. Maybe it's just somebody doesn't care about can if you want 25 bucks for a Blu-ray. Ah, if it sucks, it goes right in the trash, right? Signed Harvey Weinstein, <laughs> the richest man of the early 2000s. Although I really enjoy seeing Jake Gyllenhaal as a young actor, it could not make up for the complete insanity of this film. I never knew what I was watching, and my head hurt by the end of the movie from confusion. I like movies for entertainment, not thinking until it feels like my brain will burst, maybe for a much more educated or maybe psychotic person than myself. Definitely would not recommend this movie. Hmm. 99% of art films, quote, are pure garbage. This is one of those random bits of whimsy strung together, dripping with done-to-death satirical observations, unlikable protagonists whose anti-heroism is evidenced by the extreme egocentricity in a garage band soundtrack that sounds like every other teenage angst flick you've seen. No redeeming qualities whatsoever. Go watch porn instead. You'll get so much more out of it, so to speak. Signed, Jill Biden. <laughs> See, that's the exact review that I would have written if I know, knew how to write good. But I don't know how to write good. So that person had to write it. And I could go, yeah. Kevin Israel, this one's for you. Oh, my. Oh, don't <laughs> fucking spoil it. I like some ambiguity in my movies, but I don't like a story that is forcibly forcibly divorced from context. Watching this movie is akin to reading a book with pages torn out, pages torn out by a pompous, conceited director who believes that a broken, shattered story is inherently better than a film with a complete narrative. It is this attitude, this mental masturbation, parentheses, smart people don't need context or explanations. Only dumb people and Philistines need narrative clarity. 
that turns this boring, muddled movie into a nexus of disgust and hatred. Do not watch this movie, but most of all, do not support this self-important, vain, smug, arrogant, snobbish, haughty, ostentatious ass of a director by buying this movie. Somebody hit synonym and just kept hitting yes. <laughs> copy. Chat paste, GPT, copy, give me 30 paste. synonyms for yes. snobby. <laughs> copy, paste, copy, paste, <laughs> copy, paste. But in fairness, Richard Kelly never made another movie again that didn't get like a D minus score. Like Southland Tales was just big budget. Oh, that was uh, dark. Turned it, was... turned it right off. He also did the right. box and also oh, there's another oh, yeah. like a domino. Turned that off. Oh, too. yeah. He hasn't made terrible, it since 2009. Terrible. Yeah. Good. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, he canceled himself with stupid, shitty films. <laughs> this is where I asked Chat GPT to write jokes, but apparently Chat GPT says, could not parse your authentication token. Please try again in signing in. There was an error generating response. Chat GPT is very busy right now and too busy to write horseshit jokes about Donnie Darko. <laughs> so we're going to eschew that segment and go well, right Chat to. GPT's CEO was just fired. So maybe the whole machine's down. Right. Sam oh, Altman was right. frantically typing all the yeah. answers and saying yeah. it was AI. Good luck, guys. It never was AI. It was just me. Right. <laughs> it sounds like a Sam Bankman free kind of endeavor about to unfold upon our eyes here. So I go right to like my uh, co-host Kevin Israel. Did Phil Ranta gut the sacred cow? Hell yeah, he did. <laughs> Phil, fucking killer job. Just just textbook gutting. You came in with the arguments. You dismantled it plot point by plot point, and you're right. Thank <laughs> you. And I'm the most handsome boy in school. Oh. I'm the smartest boy in school. If I'm a superhero and a Christ figure, right? If I could have <laughs> my if I could have my blob lead my direction to you, if destiny <laughs> allowed it, and I would my 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 vehicle would allow me to come time travel into your your venue right now. I would tussle your hair, Phil, and say it's gonna be okay, pal. You did it, buddy. You did it. Yeah, this film I was watching ago. This this is probably gonna be easier than I thought. And then all the uh, just the lack of desire to do any research about the whole meaning of this film. I go, yeah, this is this is this is gonna be a, a finger roll layup. Great job, Phil Ranta. Always love having you. Always love hearing your your witticisms and rantings and ravings of dog shit films. Kevin Israel, always a pleasure myself to see with you and hang out. So everybody take care. This is a world record episode length. So hope you enjoy the <laughs> shit out of it. We'll see you later. Take care. Avita Zen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.